Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. You know how uh, you think you're doing a good job and you're putting some elbow into it and, and you're really banging it out and, and you're so proud and happy of yourself, you're getting it done. It, it's all wrapped up. You've got this thing in the bag. You know, I, I love the analogy of washing windows. Have you ever washed windows? Raise your hand. It, if you've washed windows, how many times have you washed windows and you're looking at them, you're like, damn, that sucker's clean. And you get up the next morning and you, and the light's hitting it from a different angle and it looks like a streaky mess. You thought you had it not nailed down. You thought you had it wrapped up, but it turns out from your perspective, there's no way in hell you could have you could have really been sure. It's so it's almost like you need a a reference pane of glass. So you, so you keep a brand new pane of glass and you pull it out, and now you have a comparison. You can compare it to something, and so there's a chance in hell that you can catch yourself before you've made a mistake and not known it, right? So uh, tonight's episode is going to kick, but I'm so excited. But I want to take this metaphor just a little farther because Jesus promised. He said, look, y'all, every one of you is going to raise the dead, walk on water, manifest food out of thin air. Come on, come on, right? So how do you tell if you're any good at that or not? Well, you need that clean pane of glass. You need that reference. You need that the ability to calibrate what you think you are. And so I'm going to take you on a really short journey, but it's going to kick butt over time. I've been studying the quantum for a while, and um, the the frame of reference is pure light. Remember when Jesus uh, went over to the side and said, here, hold my beer, and he turned his persona into pure white light, L-I-G-H-T. So to me, that is pure consciousness. It doesn't have a stigma or a dogma to it. It's just, we could call it Christ consciousness or um, something similar to that. So that so white, white is our reference point. Do you ever go to buy paint and they open the can of white and it's like, damn, that is white. Because if the, unless they start with pure white, they can't make a pure color. And so you're the within the center of your personal energy persona, if you were to imagine a, a glowing um, ray of light that goes, is going down through the center of your being, this this source consciousness that illuminates the whole rodeo for you. You, you want to scrub that down and clean out the energy that's incongruent with the divine idea of you. So where's your reference for that white? Well, I did some thinking then. In our solar system, all our light comes from the sun. So if I calibrate my light to the sun, then I'm then I have a reference point to everything in the solar system. But damn, when I look up at the sky at night, there is just a ton of stars up there. 
what the hell? The the purity of the light from our sun may or may not be as pure as those others. You know how you think you've got the window pane clean? Our sun is the only thing we know. But behind that is the central sun, and the central sun illuminates all the other suns. It's like the master sun. That's the white we want. So we can, with our consciousness, travel to the, in our mind, in, we can sample, if you will, the, the purity of white of our own sun, and then we can go from there to the super long journey relative to us to the central sun. Now, that's the white we want to use because now we're using a white that is referenced to all other universes in the entire sky. If we just use our local sun, we, we won't know how we compare, so to speak. We think we're clean, but how do we know we're clean, just like when we're cleaning that pane of glass? We need that pure, undiluted, unscarred um, consciousness, source consciousness. So, so keep this central sun in your mind, and maybe in a decade or three, it'll come across your practice, and that'll allow you to clean your personal energy persona even cleaner than the reference of our local sun. I know that's a ton of yakety yak, and I'm over it now. Let's get to it. I'm so excited about the show tonight. The topic tonight is the awakened soul, and our guest tonight is Lynn Patner. We're going to bring Lynn on in just a minute. Um, I'm so excited for this episode. Lynn has um, just a wonderful history of working with children and looking at the imprinting we take on as children. Now, raise your hand if you've been a child before. Yeah, that's what I thought. This will apply to every single one of us. And uh, I'm sure the conversation is going to be... <laughs> Let's get to it. Again, the topic tonight is The Awakened Soul with Lynn Patner. Um, and... The Awakened Soul is the name of her latest book, The Awakened Soul, Discovering the Light Within. We just talked about pure white light, L-I-G-H-T. In her book, Lynn shares funny and moving stories of how she found her own form of mysticism, how she learned to heal herself and show clients how to do the same. Lynn says... We learn how our mindsets are shaped and programmed by our earliest years of life and serve as our personal life compass. Well, what if your compass is off because you have some imprinting? That would be a good question. In order to affect meaningful changes in our life, we must learn and become aware, become aware of our unconscious programming like sprinkling flour on the kitchen floor to see if you've been walking in your sleep, to step into the life we desire. By stepping out onto your path of enlightenment, your journey will be supported tenfold in surprising and exciting ways. The journey goes by faster and easier if we let go of our perceived control, I smell an ego, over the outcome and allow our guides to assist us. Lynn states, all one has to do is say, I'm ready to step into the world of discovering who I am and why I was born. 
Lynn is a warm, funny, insightful, and compassionate teacher, a certified hypnotherapist and Reiki practitioner. Her studies include Native American traditions, shamanism, Eastern traditions, and a variety of energy therapies and healing practices. She weaves all of these disciplines into comprehensive teachings, providing tools to share with her clients and students. Lynn gives to those that wish to learn more a sense of purpose and balance towards creating the life you have always desired. She guides them to experience the brilliance of their own inner life. Perfect. Her mission in life is to assist others on the journey of awakening and to their unlimited potentials and the uniqueness of their own being. You can learn more about Lynn at lynnpatner.com. L-Y-N-N-P-A-T. N-E-R.com. Join me in welcoming Lynn to the show. Buckle up. This is going to be fun. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Hi. <laughs> that was such a great introduction. I wondered who you were talking about. <laughs> wow. That was that was really good. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. This You're is, more this than is welcome. This is truly a pleasure. This is a pleasure. It's a pleasure to to have talked with you before, and it's a pleasure to be on your show now. Um, thank you for having me. Now you don't you like playing with gunpowder? Well, I mean, I, nitroglycerin. <laughs> well, that's not a good subject now. <laughs> you, well, whatever. Gun, uh, nitroglycerin. I mean, you've written a soul about the light within the human genome, the divine light. I don't want to put words in your mouth. This, yeah. The light of the divine within us, that's the power, that's the stuff. If you start playing with that, how did how did you get to writing a book about that? Well, first I want to tell everybody that's listening, because this is what I've gathered. If you think of the ocean, whether you're in the Pacific Ocean or the, the, you know, the Atlantic Ocean, and you see how big it is, that's how I look at what God is. God is this incredible loving, compassionate energy. That is my God. And if you take one drop of that ocean out and you put it next to it, that drop is part of the divine. So everybody born on this planet, whether they believe it or not, has been born for a reason, especially those that are on a path of enlightenment. They're here for a very, very special reason. And the reason they're born is because they have the divine light within them. They have come here for a very special reason of bringing that light and sharing it with others. And they have all have special gifts, unique gifts. Whatever your passion is, is your gift. And in order to uncover all of that, because most people say, oh, yeah, that's good. I have the divine light within me. And you do. You really do. You just don't know about it. You have to take a look and see what happened to you as a child from conception to eight years of age. Because what happens in that time is that you can get wounded. And it doesn't mean your parents wound you. I will share my story of a wound so you can comprehend what I'm talking about. When I was a little girl, is that okay, Les? 
Oh, oh please. They don't want to hear me talk. I, this, this is your show. <laughs> when I was a little girl, I lived in an apartment building in Chicago, Illinois, surrounded by adults. There were no other children in the building. And the adults did whatever I said. I was the boss. I was this curly, blonde-haired little kid that would race around to everybody's house and have them play with me. It was pretty cool. I didn't have a kid to play with, so my mother enrolled me in High Park School for Little Children. I was so excited about going to High Park School for Little Children and meeting other children. And the minute I stepped off the school bus and walked into the school, I saw the easels and the blocks and everything that was so incredible. And then I spotted a dollhouse that had real furniture, a refrigerator, a stove. This is, you're talking about the 50s. You're talking about a time when women were were busy cleaning and and doing all that stuff. So, and and doll beds and dolls. And I walked in the dollhouse and I took it over. I was the boss because that's what I, that was my role. And no one would play with me. That was a wound that lived with me for my entire life. And I will share with you how it, how it, how it goes through your life. I was not, there was something wrong with me. They wouldn't play with me. So I had the teacher who did not have the knowledge or the tools to give me some sense of what was going on and help me get through this. She didn't know how to do that. So for my entire life, I have not been pretty enough, skinny enough, sexy enough, rich enough, whatever, enough. I have never been enough. And because of that wound, which is unconscious, it's driving your car. And when it's driving your car, because your thoughts create your experience, whatever your wound may be is, I don't belong here, I'm not good enough, um, I'm not wanted. Every single person born on this planet has a wound. You may not see your wound, but you have a wound. And that wound is a directive of your life. So here I am going through life, meeting all these people. And of course, you know, they were all prettier than I was, smarter than I was. And we get to the age of 76. And I've been on this path of enlightenment for a long time. By 76, I went through a lot of experiences in, in, in storytelling. You would read that in my book, how I, how, I, how I went from playing Donna Reed to becoming a transformational life coach. But here I am at 76 years old, and you can see how this wound works. I am having a meeting with Jack Canfield, who is the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. I am one of 17 people having him look at my book and telling me whether he thinks it's good or not. Two days before that interview, I had what's called a panic attack. I had no idea I was having a panic attack. I was having a panic attack. I thought I was having a heart attack, and I waited until it was a decent hour to call my daughter because I didn't want to leave the dog alone. I didn't want 911 to come and wake up the whole neighborhood. So I waited until 7 called my daughter, had her take me to the hospital, panic attack. I came home, and this is exactly what I said. Dear God, you had me write the goddamn book. I wrote the goddamn (laughs) book, and now it's your turn, your turn to assist me because I'm done. I am blowing it to you. It's It's your book. Whatever happens, happens. And with that, I got an editor, and I got a publisher, Jack Canfield loved my interview. You can see my interview on lynnpatner.com. I look so calm that you would not believe that I had a panic attack two days before. 
that was my final, 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 final sense of that wound. So it had traveled with me from three years old to 76. So my job here is to assist others in finding their wounds a lot faster so they can, in their own way, travel this incredibly exciting adventure of becoming the light within. You all are such brilliant lights. This is such a magical universe. You, you, just, you just know that everything is happening the way it should. And everybody you meet is teaching you a lesson. Some you perceive as great lessons, and some you perceive as, oh, this is not feeling so good. But once you can see your wounds, and some have more, I hate being left out. That's another wound for me. So wounds play a very important role in your life. That's all I have to say about wounds. Well, that's a really powerful story. You know, the um, my I'm going to share a story from my side of it. Uh, my dad grew up dirt poor in a single room log cabin, and wow. um, he would either his mom had asked him to either go shoot dinner or milk the cows. And his, his brother died in that one rube log cabin at the age of 27. And then he, uh, but it, um, he grew up dirt poor. And his, his folks told him, well, Gilbert, if you want it, you're going to have to learn how to make it yourself. That's the only way you're going to get it. And so he took that and ran with it. So fast forward now, he went he went into World War II, came out, got married, had a, a bucket load of kids. I'm the last of seven kids, and I'm okay. watching my I'm watching my dad, and he borrows a friend's water skiing boat, and he takes it down to the shop, and he makes some fiberglass mold out of it, and takes the boat back, and then he makes himself <laughs> a fiberglass boat, and um, when it was time for me to get my first vehicle, he found a 1965 Chevy truck with the front end uh, wrecked and a 1966 Chevy truck with the back end wrecked. And he <laughs> taught welding for the federal government. He took them out in the field and cut them in half and welded the two parts together so I could have a truck. And so... So you think, well, that's my dad, that's not me. That's hilarious because fast forward a few more decades and now I'm like 25 and I want an air compressor. Heaven forbid I just go buy a damn air compressor. What do I do? I find a motor. I find a tank. I find the actual compressor. I get some pulleys and I have to make it in order for me to have it. And that imprinting from my dad, I'm sitting there staring at the, all the air, con, air compressor parts on the floor, and I'm like, what the hell, you know? So I, I love what you're sharing here. So is sprinkling flour on the kitchen floor a great way to, to find these hidden um, stigmas that were imprinted on us as a child? What I found, really, what I found through the whole journey is, is – um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I mean, I just followed whatever was in front of me. I was working at Children's Protective Services. I had experienced some energy 
in my in my body. I thought that was the neatest thing I've ever experienced. And I decided I wanted to become spiritual in two years. And I announced in front of all these other social workers that I was going to be spiritual in two years. And they all laughed at me because they laughed at me. And I said, and I was. But I had I have taken the last 30 years to download everything I learned. So I was back to the full floor with the flower in it. Once a person says, listen, guides, listen, God, listen, Jesus, whoever you want to talk to, you can talk to. Say, I want to be that light. I want to be the flame that makes this planet a better place. If you all look at what's going on in the world now, you have a macro and you have a micro system of craziness, war, hatred, all of this stuff. It's ridiculous. We're all alike. There's nothing different about us. We still bleed the same blood. And all you want to do is be that peacemaker. You want to be the change you wish to see. You want to ask for help because once you ask for help, your guides, your angels, your master beans will hop off that couch, open up a bottle of champagne, <laughs> pop a bonbon into your mouth and say, let's go, honey. And that's what I'd had happen. I did not know what I was doing. I had no clue. So here's how it looks when you tell the universe that you want to be spiritual in two years. The first thing that happened is I got a teaching gig where I was teaching the artist's way. I was teaching the artist's way, and we were all manifesting things. I had never known about manifestation in my life. So that was my first. And every time I taught that group, it was like a miracle. So we all, if you would go to the store and you wanted a piece for your truck, and it was out, your truck was from 1920, they wouldn't have a piece anymore. But someone told you about a garage down the hill that had that piece. That's called right. manifestation. Yep. So people were manifesting up the yin-yang. For the women on listening to the radio show, if you needed a size 6 skirt and the jacket you bought was a 6 and you wanted the skirt to go with it but it had been on sale for three months, you could still maybe get that skirt, which they did, which the person I'm telling you about did. So I learned about manifestation. Didn't know a damn thing about manifestation. And that was pretty cool. Then I went on to bring, doing my own group. And the first group I had, I haven't told this story to, to people, but it was a great story. I had a women's group in my house. And so being a nice person, being a really nice person, I invited my grandmother to come. And I took her bowl. She had a crystal bowl, filled it with white sand, put in a spring of sage, put in a little goddess thing. And I said, Grandma, I'm formally inviting you to the first women's group. Now, I had a person helping me set up the room for the first women's group. Her name was Hattie. Hattie didn't know my family whatsoever. So the next thing I did is I took a vase and I put flowers in it. And I said, Mom, I'm formally inviting you to, the next, uh, to my women's group. And out of Hattie's mouth, and both of these women, my grandmother and my mother had passed away. Out of Hattie's mouth came, your aunt wants to be invited. <laughs> I said, my aunt wants to be invited. I mean, my aunt had died too. And I said, you see the sculpture on the piano? Aunt Mildred, you're, you're invited to the first women's group. And out of Hattie's mouth came these words. It's not in an important enough location. Ooh. Now, you had to know my Aunt Mildred to know that that really was her. I moved the Yadro birds. 
and I put them in a, next to a modern piece. And she told Hattie that was perfect. Now, nice. I've had great fun with this stuff. This is so much fun. So how did I have to learn to heal? I working at Children's Protective Services, and I take a course called body focusing. And that's where you sit opposite someone, and, and you check into your body to see how it's going, how it's working. And sometimes you will hear something, which I did. I heard my ears. And I said, oh, my ears are talking to me. And the person sitting opposite you say, oh, your ears are talking to you. I said, yes. And then I said, they don't want to hear anymore. And I said, oh, shit, that's all I do is hear. That's all I do is listen. And the person opposite me said, oh, your ears don't want to listen anymore. And my ears said this, drop down and come from your heart. Listen from your heart. These are how I learned the stories. My stories taught me to heal and are still doing it. They don't stop after one book. I had met a lady who was a channel, an out-of-body channel, and it was at the time when I thought I had no power and I wanted to complain to God, and she was the closest thing to being a spiritual being that I'd ever met. So I spent $125 to go bitch to God, okay? So here I am sitting opposite her, and she asks, and I'm scared to death. You know, I'm shaking, I'm quivering. <laughs> I said, I'm here to tell God I am not happy with how the children are being treated on this planet. Because here I am working with sexually abused, physically abused, oh, yeah. emotionally abused children. And I'm not happy. I don't like what, what's going on in the life. And she says to me, you, you're, your job is not to judge. Your job is to come from compassion for another person's journey. You do not know why these individuals are having this experience. Wow. And from that story, that was so powerful. And I will teach you one more story, and then I will let you ask me a question because I could talk forever. I am now followed someone, and I'm in a and I'm in a class with a I'm in a session with a. Um, she's not a psychologist. She was she was a spiritual counselor, and I was having a very difficult time with one of the children on my caseload. I was in family maintenance and family reunification, which meant the children were either out of home, and I was trying to get them back into the home, or they were in the home, and I was working with the parents to protect their children. This little baby was born at Stanford Hospital, and her parents wouldn't show up until nighttime to take care of her. She was born, and she was a special needs baby at the time because her parents were drug addicts. They had both been sexually abused. They had their, their pets of choice were rats, mice, and snakes, which I have to tell you something is not what brings, brings joy to my heart when I am sitting in their house. And um, they were not people that I really wanted to have work with this baby, have this baby. And I had the right to make reports, and that was what I could do. So it's a six-month hearing. And the six-month hearing, this is a little baby, six months old, still in a still in a medically fragile infant home being taken care of, which is great because she's attaching to someone, which means she could attach to anybody once you're attaching. 
And I'm there and I'm telling this woman, whose name is Ellen, the story. And I said to her, you know, um, I don't want to return the baby. It's a six-month hearing. And at the six-month hearing, if someone's doing well enough, then you can return the baby home and then watch them. Well, the father was not doing well. He just didn't give a shit about anything. The mother, on the other hand, was in a treatment program, and she was working on it. So that's what I looked at. And I, was, I wasn't happy. I wanted this baby to stay out at least six months more to get healthier and then return the child. So she said, did you ask the baby? And I said, I can't talk to a six-month-old baby. She said, yes, you can. So we went into a meditation, and she relaxed me, and she said, I want you to ask from your higher Christ self to the baby's higher Christ self what the baby wants. And what the baby said to me, and this is, you know, I'm not schizophrenic, guys. I'm not bipolar. I didn't act 5150. The baby said to me, thank you for helping me out. I appreciate it. But I'm here to teach my parents how to love. I want to go home. Nice. And I told the father, I said to him, your daughter said this. Now, I want you all to know that I'm working at Children's Protective Services, which is a county facility. And if he went to my supervisor and said, you have a social worker who's crazy, (laughs) but he never did. And when they got the baby back, they moved to Oregon immediately. And I got a letter from him before he retired saying they had another baby but the baby wasn't born with AIDS, which was really good. And I reminded him that what this, his little girl had said. And that was, that was an incredible story. I found out that, first of all, for my, my ears said to come from compassion and listen from your heart. This is how I learned. I learned how to be a kind, loving, supportive person in my job and elsewhere because of all the experiences I went on. And all I had done was say, I want to be spiritual in two years. Wow. So well, everybody know, can do this. The, the, that's a, a powerful story. When you, uh, when you look at, like, um, when you talk about, imprinting in a child uh, some kind of a stigma, some kind of a dogma that over time may not be obvious to the, ch- uh, to the grown-up child as an adult. In other words, within each one of us, all of us, we can have unresolved uh, wounds. Um, Correct. So I've had this, I'm going to throw my guess under the bus um, but the, but they'll have no idea who I'm talking about. So I've had this show 12 years. I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people and spiritual gurus and PhDs and all these high accolade people come on my show and I interview them. And some of them couldn't think their way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, they're just like a bag of rocks because they – They've, it's almost like they've pigeonholed their thinking into such a refined mental arena that they're in love with the arena and they can't talk about anything outside of this nirvana. And it's really kind of a curious thing. It, 
so I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, there was a, a guru, quote guru, that taught mindfulness, right? Mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I get him or her on the show and uh, I ask them a question. One question. They start off on this babbling monologue for like 30 minutes, and I'm trying to keep track of what the hell they're saying because I'm the host, and they're <laughs> going to hand it back to me, and they're changing direction like a drunk housefly. And I'm like, what the hell is mindful about you? You're, you're shit-ass drunk, dude, uh, dudette. And... Uh, <laughs> And I'm like, the only way you, they had a seven-year program for enlightenment. And I'm like, what do you do, monologue for seven years? And it drives them up the wall, and their only survival tactic is to surrender, and poof, there's God to save them. So the reason I say this is our listeners right now, right now, I'm listening to this episode. Les was talking, yakety yak, and I can hear it. You are a point of divine consciousness, the listener to this show. Right now, I I see you. Don't wiggle away. You are (laughs) divine consciousness personified, damn it. And once you get over all your stigmas, you'll do the Christ stuff. You'll walk on water and, and do all that crap. So don't wiggle out of this. I see you there. So Lynn is... Lynn is breaking it down for you. So, Lynn, as an adult, um, what are some of the more subtle uh, stigmas that adults might consider, quote, socially normal, unquote, that are are really their own flavor of fuckosis? Will you you say that question again? Because that's a question that was, I didn't get it all. So go on. Will you say it again? Well, what are some what are some common attributes in our society like having a pristine house, everything is in place, and it looks like a funeral home, or the opposite, having a messy house? One of those is socially acceptable, and one's not. So, in our in our culture, what are some stigmas that are really dysfunctional, but people carry around like trophies? Do you know what I mean? Well, the biggest one that people are carrying around now is hatred for other people. There you go. That so how, how does that look when they don't know that they're so hateful? I mean, uh, it's like passive aggressive or, I mean. No, if you are. The you see what I'm saying? Is, I know exactly what you're saying. The reason why so many people are waking up at this moment and I'm not, I'm not an esoteric person. You know, that oh, was, sure you are. Come on. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean that. I, you know what? Oh, okay, you, I'm you explain sorry. things that are above, above someone's head, like the Abraham material by Jane Roberts. You know, that was very deep, and it's hard to get. Mine is cut to the chase. But when you nice. have all these people going into schools, and killing at random. Can you, I mean, seriously, people, how much more killing of children with these automatic weapons? And I know you live in Colorado, and I'm not against the second, I'm not against carrying a gun, but have mental health checks before you allow someone, because between the ages of 15 and 25, 
That's when children have their mental breakdowns. They're not psychotic, but whatever happens to them, they do drugs or they do whatever. We are living in a society where people throw Chinese women to the ground because they're Chinese. And one of our presidents said it was a Chinese virus. So there's hatred. There's so much hatred. It's palatable. So I'm asking your listeners to please, please, please look at what you were taught. Look at what Jesus said. I'm Jewish, but God, I believe in Jesus. He's one of my guides. I think I even walked with him when, he, when we were in Egypt together. He gets around. His name, yeah, well, yes, he does. He comes through. He, when I did Reiki, he anointed me. And I said to the group, I said, oh, my God, Jesus is here, and he's anointing us. I'm telling you, people, if you, all you do in life is come from kindness and love of your fellow man, you will do more to help this world than you ever know possible. But when that ugliness comes out of you, you've got to check it at the door. It's just, right. it's just not okay anymore. This is one planet. We are killing this planet. We're here for a reason, to find out who we are and why we're here. You are a divine being coming with a unique gift. That's who you are. Step into the light. In order to step into the light, you've got to heal, and you can heal alone. You can't heal yourself you have to ask for assistance. Ask your guides. Ask Divine Mary. Ask, you know, whatever you believe in. Ask for help. It comes, and then you pay attention. It comes in little ways. My mother died. Here's a little way. My mother died. I had never heard from her again. I mean, you know, sometimes people come to you in dreams and stuff, but she didn't. And so I am... One day, my husband and I were married on the 26th of June, and we were going out for dinner, and I don't remember what what was on, but this is what happened on the radio. More, uh, 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 and the great, uh, 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 love, uh, 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 and I said to Michael, I said, oh, my God, I think someone's trying to give us a song. That's what it sounded like. So we went to dinner, and I forgot about it. I was in the dog park with my dog, walking the dog, camping in my car, put on the radio. And the song that came on the radio was, I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. My mother said that every time we got off the phone. I said, oh, my God, Mother, you learned how to use the radio. Wow. So I really, really strongly, with all my love and compassion for another's journey, pray that people listening to shows like yours and the other shows I've been on take a moment to see what God would want for them. I'm not if, a religious person. This is not a religious thing. Well, you know, if if you want to kick your own ass, because uh, a lot of times on our spiritual journey, we hit like a plateau and we've learned all whoever our teacher can teach us, and we don't know how to grow ourselves any farther. If you want to kick your own ass, say, uh, this is a question I like, and you better saddle up before you uh, ask it. Say, Divine Mother, Divine Father, how can I be a more compassionate vessel for the heart of humanity? Perfect. And then Perfect. and then pay, pay attention and 
the shit-ass big vision for your life comes down the pike. It's like, well, you could do this $100 trillion idea, or you could do this, or you could do that. And it, it always but it, does, it doesn't happen like a Cecil B. DeMille movie. It's not going to happen like you think. It happens yeah. when it happens. So you have to pay attention. And keep yeah. a notebook. Yeah. Keep a notebook to people that run in your life, radio shows you listen to, something that triggers you. And have, you know, it's not the, about making you a millionaire. It's about bringing you, yeah. healing you to become the light of the divine and being the force that's going to change this planet. We're not going to live on this planet forever. We're going to be going to other planets. We need... Yeah, we, I, use, I use the reference of money because the ego can identify with it. But source consciousness doesn't have any favorite uh, mechanism or method. Um, I, I didn't mean... I didn't want to... No, I, I got it. it. So what I do is I split myself in half. Half of me is the human side. That can be the, yeah, 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 yeah. And the other half of me is my spiritual side, right? Right. <laughs> so I know when I'm in that, yeah, 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 yeah. And right. so I say, oh, my God, I'm there again. And sometimes it takes a while to shift over, but at least I know when I'm not coming from love and compassion. And as, as um, when someone goes low, you go high. I thought that was such a brilliant thing. That's spiritual. That's a very spiritual thing. Someone is really low in your life, not being nice to you, you go high. Learn discernment. Treat yourself. Be kind to yourself. Love yourself and ask for assistance. That's all you've got to do. It sounds easy, but it's not because your ego well, goes crazy. Yeah, your ego goes batshit crazy. The, 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 I think the power play um, to amp up your ability to be compassionate for humanity is to teach your ego not to crap its pants when the passionate heart shows up. Because a passionate heart will uh, uh, bring effect at a much grander level than the ego would prefer. And a lot of times the ego will dumb it down or bring in procrastination because it really doesn't want to go there. It doesn't know what the outcome is going to be. So to teach your ego to just... Um, hold still while it's scared to death and take the steps for your passionate heart to execute through your ego into effect. Practice that, and then you'll get an ego that's not afraid of your passionate heart. I agree. And I think also what people have to do is words are just meaningless. What I'd like your listeners to do is set an intention. What do you want to see happen for you? What, what do you want as an intention and then keep notes because we don't realize you have to experience what I'm talking about in order to really get it. Verbiage is just verbiage. My, right. my road to, to becoming who I am now is different from someone else's road, but at least what you can see is how the road transpired, how I was led. You're going to be led. Your guides want to lead you. Just pay attention, and your ego will then come and not that it's ever going to stop, but if it's that <laughs> split yourself down the middle of thing, your ego right. and your soul. And you know the difference when you're in one versus the other. But it's all about experience. I wish I could teach you. You could, if you meditate, sometimes you get experiences. In dreams, you get experiences. In life, you get experiences. So you have to be able to allow 
and, and, and not control. You have no control over yourself. The only control you have in this world is your attitude. That was a hard lesson for me, man. Wow. Well, now, give us a before and after. So before you got cracked open, you were cruising along and <laughs> and didn't have the spiritual, uh, you know, turbocharger set up. And and uh-huh. now now you've written a book about discovering the light within and, and you're, you're querying it and it's kicking your butt and your life's changing dramatically. Share with us how your life is different from an experiential point of view to turn it over to the, the, the divine? Okay, that's an easy question. That's really easy. Because okay. here I was a normal person. I was a normal person. I was a Donna Reed persona, but I'm not going to go into that. Right now, this is how I look at the world. After my journey of learning about all the things I needed to learn, this is what I know to be true. I am a here for a reason. I am a midwife of awakening souls. I am a protector. I have love and I have compassion and I'm direct. I'm not a therapist. I know that every day that I wake up is phenomenal, that I am being assisted on every level possible to spread what I need to spread and go where I need to go because I believe that I'm being helped, assisted in this. I have no control over everything, anything. I get up and I get dressed, I walk the dog. That's about the only control I have. So I meet people like Les. I meet I'm other sorry. people that all are on the same, <laughs> same wavelength. I'm at peace. I know that this is such an incredibly responsive universe that it blows my mind. It blows my mind. And there's no and I want to learn it. more. What? You can't exhaust it. You can't wear it out. No. No, and there's so much more to learn. I, I mean, what I know is the top of my fingertip, but I have such a desire to know. I've always loved magic. Uh, this is a magical universe, people. This is it's so loving. It blows your mind. I'm a different person than I ever was in my entire life. I am completely different. Ask my friends. Well, I think you've done a fantastic job with this book. The it's such a fun read. It's uh it's a delightful book. The, the way you you have laid out the the material in it, it's um I'm just I'm holding it here. It's what 151 pages. Beautiful book. Very good job. Bravo. It's my so, story it's my stories of all of all of my Falling in the rabbit hole, getting out of the rabbit hole, learning from a squirrel lady. What did I need to learn? What did I need to learn from this one? It's about how I learned. And what it does, it gives you a roadmap to how you can learn. That's all it is. It's a roadmap. But I'm available for anyone that wants to discuss anything. I'm available. All they have to do is go to my webpage and and have them send me a message, lynnpatner.com. I want more than anything to help people get to the place where they know who they are and why they're here and bring more light and love. That's my journey. That's what I want. Well, can I have a confessional episode? Because when I was teaching my kids how to ride bikes, (laughs) when I was teaching my kids to ride bikes, I noticed something. What they were scared of was the crash. 
So, so they're getting on the bike for the very first time, and they're scared to death, but they're not scared to death to ride the bike. They're scared to death of what a crash will be like. And so the first kid, I run him down the sidewalk, and he's, he squirms around. And I noticed right after they had a, a pretty normal crash, then it was clear in their mind what a crash was and that they could survive it. And then they'd jump on and ride the bike very quickly. They'd learn much faster after that first crash. So first uh-huh. kid, I'd let that crash come on its own pace. Second kid, the crash will come on its own pace. The last kid, once they get going, I just kick the bike over and get the crash over with. Sorry. <laughs> There, and that's how precious in their life. <laughs> and, now the, and they don't, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> crash kick the kid's bike. I'm going to report you. <laughs> I've confessed. I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> and Jesus likes me, so leave me alone. The, uh, <laughs> Oh, God, too funny. Well, so what, yes, can, what, kind of feedback, what kind of feedback have you gotten from people who have read the book? Well, a lot of, you know what I've got? It's funny you should ask. I started, this is funny, I started an enlightened women's group here you know, of, of people, and I got fired from my job because they didn't want to be taught. So <laughs> I laughed. I've had I just was fired people for uh, talking, but what I the feedback is not it's been interesting as far as people getting it and wanting it and and doing it, but the fear of going into the depth of who they are scares them. The fear of going into so, the depth of who into, they are scares, scares them. Who they really are. Elaborate them, on that, please. Well, you've been brought up with role models. You've come through this with your parents' teachings, your grandparents your family values, your church, your synagogue, or whatever, a church of Buddhist churches and, and all of that. You've come through layered and layered and layered, layered, layered with all of these things, including your beliefs. What are your beliefs? What do you believe to be true in the, in the world? People don't want to leave what's comfortable. In order to really get spiritual, you have to get uncomfortable. It's not a comfortable way of healing. But I can't tell you how much fun it is when you get through. Yeah. It's not comfortable. You're being disturbed, and people hate being disturbed. Well, the, I, I like the idea that unconditional love burns off crap. And, yeah. you know, it's like you load your psyche up full of crap unintentionally or unintentionally and then you you go well i'm going to go on a spiritual journey and so you invite love in and love starts breaking down all the crap in your psyche and uh, um i like to say if you're not feeling a burn when it comes to love burning off the crap poke it with a stick a few more times because it's kind of like a, the, uh, the fire of love in your heart might need some stick poking to really light it up and, and get it I think it a, person has to, yeah, a person has to experience the power of the unknown and how responsive a universe is and how, how they want. Everybody that's awakening needs to just say, I need help down here. And right. buy my book because I'll show, I'll show you guys how I did it. 
And you can always contact me. I am always there for you because I believe that that's what we need. And you have to experience the miracles in your life before you even get it. All the rest of this stuff is bullshit. Well, I got a few more confessionals, but I don't think we have time. <laughs> okay. What's... No, I'm... don't confess to me. Go to church. That was I don't humor. Care about that was humor. What? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot that... what I'm talking to. <laughs> you take me literally. You're gonna run out the door I know. screaming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for well, this opportunity. Really, thank well, you. It's my pleasure. Th- thank you for your candor. Your candor is high caliber stuff. Lynn, I've interviewed well, a lot of people, and you're bringing it like like you're owning it, which is, in my opinion, what a good guest does. People, people don't want some buttered up crap spiritual you know, regurgitation from a book they just read. They want a, they want language that comes from the heart, that's un, untethered and and kind of raw. And because love, love is nonlinear. Love is a extremely powerful substance. It's not linear. So you're not going. Your ego's never, ever, ever going to understand love through symbols. Symbols suck at nonlinear representation. So um, thank you for being authentic with your words and your intention and your stories. You're you're doing a, a wonderful, wonderful job. Thank you very much, and we'll see what happens. There is a plan for everybody, <laughs> and I don't know where I'm going, kids. Maybe to the toilet. I have no idea. <laughs> you know? I wrote the book. It's now up to God to do what he wants or she wants or it wants. It's the energy of love and compassion is what it is. And so well, I really I really thank you for this time that I could speak to your your listeners because it really gives me great pleasure. It really gives me great pleasure. So thank you. Now, um, thank you. It's my pleasure to hold to create this space for you, for you to come and fill it. Now, We've only got like five minutes left. Uh, tell okay. our audience how to get your book, your website, any services you have to offer. Tell us all about it. Well, Amazon is carrying the book. It's called The Awakened Soul, Finding the Light Within. And um, that's an Amazon book. It's $17. You can get it on Kindle. I think it's 9 And... I can be contacted. My webpage is lynnpatner.com. And um, I'm also learning how to do other things online, but I need young people because my brain won't handle that. It just gets confused <laughs> with all of right. that. But basically, there's my webpage, and I have an email, lynnpatner at gmail.com. But I, I will, if anybody needs to have, or I, I'm assistant. I don't help you. I assist you. So what I would say to you is write your intention. What do you want to see happen in your life? And then we work from there. You know, I have a client who wanted power in her life. She had no power because when she was a baby, her parents used to brag that they put her to bed at 6 o'clock with a bottle and would get her at 9 o'clock in the morning and she wouldn't cry during the night. That's because they were heavy sleepers. 
Anybody out there that has children know that when a baby wakes up and cries, someone usually gets them. If they don't, they cry harder. And if they don't get them when they cry harder, these babies go into rage. No one gets them. So what do you think? They learn that they are on their own and no one's going to help them. That is preverbal. Her life has been arranged around a preverbal situation that she had no clue of. And when things happened that weren't good for her, she would crumble until she figured out what was going on and could step into her power. Wow. That's well, how very it nice. works, people. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. I've had a really good time. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> thank you, Les. We've been talking with Lynn Patner, and the topic tonight is the name of her book, The Awakened Soul. Uh, it's it's a wonderful book. I recommend it. Uh, it's a spiritual memoir that she's written. Now, we've been we've been talking to you, the audience. Are you going to show up for yourself? You don't have to. You have free agency. You can make any choice you want to make. But the the choice of of surrendering, so to speak, our egos tend to suck at being able to manifest our true potential. If our ego's the only thoughts that we're having in our head, we might as well be out on the street peeing on our foot because we're not going to really um, honor the really infinite well of inspiration infinite source of inspiration. You cannot exhaust it. Are you using that day-to-day? Don't tell me. Tell you. Life's a a really exciting thing when you show up for yourself. And the way you show up for yourself is you teach your ego to step aside and let the inspiration of your heart and your soul manifest in, in you, through you, as you. And that's when you start to get some cadence, some some momentum, some velocity, if you will, to your spiritual journey. The the universe is um, um, unbiased in that it'll help you show up any way you want. Um, for myself, it's pretty <laughs> I, I want to give Lynn another kudo because what a what a fun ride this tonight has been. That's been so much fun. And I want to thank my assistant, Susan, who arranges all these shows. Um, Susan and I have worked together for a long time. And uh, um, I've really come to appreciate how she juggles so many guests so many times and, and handles so much of the detail and and that gives me the freedom to um, handle my side of it um, as the host. Always a pleasure. Thank you, the listener, for showing up for yourself. Here we are at the end of the episode, and you're still in the game. Bravo to you. So why don't you uh, decide to kick some divine ass and, uh, and surrender your... Uh, idea of what's going to happen to your heart and your soul, and then hold on tight. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect 
and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.